0: Welcome to Shi'ar Jeshub, which in Hebrew means, a remnant shall return. Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing a sermon in the New Testament section of my husband's series on Heavenly Authority. Pastor Greg has been reading from the book of 2 Corinthians, and when we left off, he was discussing chapter 2, verses 14 to 16, where we read that to God, the ministering believer is the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Before we rejoin Pastor Greg, let me give you our web address for serious Bible study and information about our church. It is www.shear.org jashub.org Here now is Pastor Greg Scalzo with a continuation of the message.
1: So the reaction to you if you're in the Holy Spirit and the reaction to Christian ministry if it's in the Holy Spirit will be the same as the reaction to Jesus, right? Many people received, they ran, Rabbi, teacher, they wanted to know, they loved the miracles, and many truly, truly were saved. And others, no matter what he said, no matter what he did, they were planning and plotting to arrest him and crucify him and get him out of the way. They couldn't get him out of the way for very long. To one, we are the aroma of death, verse 16, and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. They can... See now that there is eternal life through your testimony. And then Paul says, knowing this is his mission, knowing that this is his ministry, he ends verse 16 and he says, And who is sufficient for these things? Who is sufficient? Who is equal to such a task? By ourselves, no one. None of us really qualify to have such a high calling to be the fragrance of Christ. No one is sufficient, no one is equal to the task, and Paul will address that in a moment. It's very humbling when we consider how God calls frail, sinful human beings to go out and be the fragrance of Christ. Paul's overwhelmed by it. Who is sufficient for these things? And he goes on to say, for we are not as so many peddling the word of God. And that word there for peddling means to retail. We know all about that in our society, right? To retail, to sell, to adulterate. Adulterating for gain. Peddling for profit. Paul and the brethren that are with him, he says, We are not as so many peddling the word of God. There are many who at that time were peddling the Word of God for profit, to benefit themselves. They saw the explosion of Christianity. They saw people, churches being built, and hey, this is a good deal. We can make some money on this. And Paul is fighting against those who are corrupting the ministry. He says, we are not as so many peddling the Word of God. And has anything really changed? It's the same today. There are those that corrupt God's word. That's what that word there, peddling, means also, to corrupt. They corrupt God's word for their position, for their benefit, for the money it brings to them. Notice the contrast. We are not, as so many, peddling for profit the word of God. There are those that peddle for profit. What does Paul say? But as of sincerity... That's the motive of Paul and his brethren, sincere. As of sincerity, but as from God, that's the position, that's the calling. They're not called by men, they're called by God. We speak in the sight of God, in Christ, in the sight of God. They are conscious that everything they do, they have to give account for. Every word they say, There is a God, the Almighty is watching them, he's called them to this high calling, and they have someone greater to fear than men. They have a ministry, a stewardship they must discharge in the sight of God. Those that peddle for profit, they're never thinking, gee, what is God thinking about this? What is God going to say? What will happen to me someday when I die if I take the holy thing of the Word of God and corrupt it? They're not concerned with that, they're concerned for their pockets. And it was that way back then, it's that way today. But you contrast that to sincere ministries, he is of God, as from God, and in the sight of God. They have knowledge of what they do, they have to do in the sight of God. They have to give account for every word they say. He says, we speak in Christ. That's the calling to speak as the Holy Spirit leads them, testifying to Jesus Christ. They're accountable, they're sincere, they're called by God to speak, to preach, to preach Christ's gospel. Totally different, totally different motives, totally different calling, totally different execution of those that peddle and those that are sincere ministers of Christ. Unfortunately, those in the world who have a very shallow discernment of Christianity, they just see ministries, ministers, and they clump everyone together. They clump all the ministers, all the ministries, all the churches together, not understanding that there are those that are true and sincere, and then there are those that are counterfeits, those that go against the very God and the very word that they peddle that the insincere, the imitation, is there. The weed is planted by Satan to bring disrepute to the church, to hurt the work of God. And Paul had to fight against such things. And many times, because the imitation, because that which is counterfeit, is without scruples, many times they can initially prosper quicker. When you don't have any scruples about things, You can accomplish things much faster. You know that in business, people that work hard, they work steady, it takes a while to build. Those that will do anything to build their business can prosper very quickly. But the way of God is that of sincerity and truth, and the ministers have to be those who honor God's word in the sight of God. And the problem we have in the world, Paul had it back then, and it's no different today, is giving an image, a proper image, of the ministry of Jesus Christ in a world that's very skeptical because they've seen the peddlers. They've seen those who are insincere that are just looking to line their pockets. In the early days of the church, uh, there were many false teachers who saw this good thing, these sharing, loving assemblies where people came together and they cared for each other. And like wolves among sheep, they came in and sought as a place to prosper. And they would have false doctrines, and some of them were very charismatic, not charismatic gifts of the Spirit, but charismatic in personality. Paul, we know uh, that he studied. He wasn't very dramatic in his appearance. But there's one thing about Paul, when you look in Acts chapter 18, you read about the church at Corinth. Acts chapter 18, I'll read at verse 1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. This is the church we're reading about in the letter of 2 Corinthians. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Down in verse 3, So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked for by occupation. They were tent makers. Verse 4, And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. Verse 8, Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household, and many of the Corinthians hearing, believed, and were baptized. Paul may not be very dramatic in his presentation. He may not be the slick salesman or the slick politician we're used to on TV. But Paul gave his life in sincerity, in the sight of God, in Christ, to speak the word of God. And the church at Corinth existed because of him. He was responsible, the Holy Spirit through Paul, was responsible for starting and building that church. And you notice from the tone of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, that even though this is so, that Paul is one of the originators of the church at Corinth, even though Paul has so great a calling in the Holy Spirit, the office of an apostle, Paul never conducts himself, neither does Peter or James or any of the apostles, he never conducts himself as some lofty spiritual potentate, giving orders and directions and they have to listen just because he says it. We never would get to the point of needing these letters otherwise. If he was using the people in such a way, none of these false teachers could really come in and have a place, right? But he doesn't put himself in a position he shouldn't be in. He is not some lofty potentate that they should come and kiss his ring and give him homage. Paul's a regular guy. And so he finds himself in the position of having to reason with the church. When you read 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, Paul is pleading with them. He's reasoning with them. He never denies his authority. He tells them he's an apostle. He tells them his position. But he's speaking to them as equals, as brothers and sisters, trying to get them to get to the same point of understanding that he has. He reasons. He pleads. He interprets. He quotes scriptures. He's treating them as equals. And because of that, Unfortunately, sometimes they push them aside and get razzled dazzled by these false teachers that come in with all types of presence and all types of loftiness, and the tendency for human nature is to give them attention and to forget Paul and the brethren of Paul who were responsible for starting the church. That's human nature. It's unfortunate. Human nature sometimes when people act like they're better than us, we tend to say, well, they must be better than us. These false teachers come in, and they're, obviously they're superior. They have superior knowledge. And they corrupt the church at Corinth. Paul humbly walks in. He he talks to them. He preaches with them. he's fellowships with them. And Paul, well, we have Paul in our pocket. How can Paul be something special? He's not acting like these super apostles, like these super teachers. And so Paul finds himself in the terrible position of having to justify himself to the very people who are there in a church because of the work of God, which he did. And he does it very beautifully in the letters of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians by the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: We'll have to break from the sermon at this point. Join Pastor Greg Scalzo as he continues the sermon next time. And again, let me encourage you to go to the church website at www.shiarjashub.org. Brothers and sisters in Christ around the globe are listening and learning about God's Word from the many programs in our audio library. How important it is to spend time in the Bible every day. And the 14-minute format is very easy to work into your daily plan. From Topical Studies To Through the Bible Teachings, you'll find messages that will expand your understanding and appreciation of God's work in the world and in your life. The address again is www.shiarjashub.org. May the Lord bless you as you serve Him.